0: ESPNW presents Be Honest with Carrie Champion.
1: Uh, it's been a crazy, crazy uh, past two weeks, if I'm being honest. The fact that uh, we are often told to stick to sports uh, is, is kind of funny now, the irony in it all. The president has now, President Trump, as you will know, has. Has uh, placed himself inside of our world. He has become a part of our conversation. So there's no way that we can just stick to sports as if we ever could. This weekend really revealed a lot: um, the insults, the the unnecessary tweets, the the childish-like behavior of uh, uh, President Trump towards Stephen Curry. Uh, the list goes on and on. LeBron James calling him a bum. All of that uh, played into a very interesting weekend. But I will tell you this. You can go back and forth on the Twitter. You can respond. You can look at the hot takes. My message is this. Don't get distracted. Do not get distracted. There are things that are happening in the world today that we refuse to discuss because we're caught up in social media and the quick hits and the 140-character tweets from the president and the responses and the clapbacks. Do not get distracted. We've got Puerto Rico, we've got Florida, we've got Houston, all recovering from major storms. And most importantly, we've got the real issue. The issue isn't about a song and some material. It is not about the flag. Do not get distracted. We've got NFL owners trying to make us feel like they want to help. And perhaps, I don't know their hearts, perhaps there are some who do want to help. But do not get distracted. You know why? Because Greg Popovich... The Spurs head coach, he made it abundantly clear what this was all about. Take a listen.
2: Well, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think about some platform that I have. I'm an individual. Uh, I live in this country. I have a right to say and think what I want. It's got nothing to do with, you know, my position. If it helps somebody else think one way or the other about something, great. But the discussion has to take place. Uh, you know, it's... it's <laughs> You know, obviously, you know, race is the elephant in the room, and we we all understand that. But uh, unless it is talked about constantly, it's not going to get better. People get bored. Oh, is it that again? They pull in a race card again. Why do we have to talk about that? Well, because it's uncomfortable. And there has to be an uncomfortable element in the discourse for anything to change. You know, whether it's the LGBT movement or, you know, uh, women's suffrage, Uh, Race, it doesn't matter. Uh, People have to be made to feel uncomfortable, and especially white people, because we're comfortable. We still have no clue of what being born white means. And if if you read some of the, you know, uh, recent literature, you'll realize it really is no such thing as whiteness. Uh, But we've kind of made it up. Uh, That's not uh, my original thought, but it's true. And it's hard to sit down and and decide that yes, it's like you're at the 50, you know, the 50 meter mark in a 100 meter dash, uh, and you got that kind of a lead. Yes, because you were born white, you have advantages that are systemically, uh, culturally, psychologically there, and they have been built up and cemented for hundreds of years, but many people can't look at it. It's, it's too difficult. Uh, it, it can't be something that is on their plate on a daily basis. Uh, people want to hold their position. People want the status quo. People don't want to give that up. And until it's given up, it's not going to be fixed.
1: So on this week's edition of Be Honest... We're talking about taking a knee and not getting distracted. Welcome to Be Honest, y'all. None other than ESPN's senior writer for the magazine, Howard Bryant, for the very first time is on Be Honest. Uh, You've been on Coast to Coast a million times, a huge fan. And uh, I wanted to talk to you just about taking a knee. That that symbol that for whatever reasons has convoluted and and, and missed the message Uh, that has been the conversation for the last, I don't know, three, four days. But we've talked about it on the show several times. Um, And you have been very, very eloquent in saying that you just want to make sure people understand what the message is. But if we're honest, Howard, do you believe people want to know what the message is? I
0: don't think they want to know what the message is at all. I think that's why it's incumbent upon two elements, to make sure that people do understand the message. I, I think that's the job of journalists. I think that's our job, to make sure that what is being conveyed is being conveyed properly. And I think we've done a terrible job of that. I think it's one of the worst... Uh, examples of us really sort of falling down on the job in terms of explanation, explanatory journalism. I think what we've done is we've allowed the entire conversation to be controlled by emotion. And that emotion is the uh, is the emotion of how people have decided to define the flag itself. Uh, I, I think that this is a, a really interesting place that we're in right now in terms of tipping points, Because what we've seen this week, and in addition to the difficulty of getting the public to understand that the entire knee-taking gesture is geared toward a better understanding or a protest of the relationship between the police and the African-American community, now it's taken on another role, which is it's protesting the protest of 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 the president not letting people speak. It's so pro- now it's you've got protesting two battles that the you've got to fight.
1: It's protesting the protests. Listen to that.
0: Well, what I mean by that is what you saw over the weekend wasn't an epiphany. There was no epiphany on the part of ownership. It wasn't as though Jerry Jones and Dan Snyder and Bob Kraft all of a sudden recognized that, hey, Colin Kaepernick is right. There is a, a police brutality issue in the United States, and we're going to join in this gesture. That's not what they were doing what they were doing is they were joining in the gesture because they were insulted they were insulted by the president of the united states essentially demanding that they fire their own employees to and, and that's the action that they took they weren't responding to anything about the original you know taking a knee gesture of protest what they were doing was that they were saying hey we're going to protest you protesting what the players are upset about. And so it's completely co-opted and changed the entire dynamic of what's taking place on the field. So if you're, if you're Malcolm Jenkins or if you're Michael Bennett and you're somebody, or if you're Colin Kaepernick and you're somebody who is trying to get people to pay attention to the relationship between police And the black community, especially since we're in in St. Louis right now, they're starting a second week of protest after another police killing. Then this has to be incredibly disappointing to you, because what you saw this weekend has nothing to do with the real reason why you're protesting.
1: Okay, so I'm going to ask you a series of questions, yes or no, and then we'll go into detail. Were you uh, or were you underwhelmed or overwhelmed by the weekend protest? That's not a yes or no question, Carrie. Yeah, underwear. When you say underwear over. One of the two. Whatever you want to say.
0: Um, I was underwhelmed.
1: Why? And the, the yeah, reason, I will say why.
0: <laughs> the reason why I was underwhelmed was because the I, I think that we just give people too much credit. I mean, I think that let's not pat each other on the back too much for what took place over the weekend. Because what to me, what really took place over the weekend was... The basic, we we're fighting a basic, uh, principle of of what the flag supposedly stands for.
1: But Howard, You is, don't you're not giving credit well, to you're not giving credit to the owners for the statements. You thought that no, was No, I'm not giving and in fact, Carrie, I'm not giving I'm giving
0: the owners of everybody over the weekend. I'm giving the owners the least amount of credit. And the reason why I'm giving the owners the least amount of credit is because all they did was triangulate. All they did was protect their business. They You have to remember where we are right now in the NFL. You have an incredibly tense situation over CTE. In terms of concussions, you have an incredibly tense situation over labor. Two weeks ago, DeMora Smith called Roger Goodell a liar. He didn't even walk it back. He called him a liar straight out in public, on the record. And so the last thing that ownership needs right now is for, is for the players to be unified on this issue and to feel like they've gotten sold out by ownership on this. Ownership had to do something. They had to do something to keep the center, because what's really happening is, is that they're, you know, they're in the position where owner, where Donald Trump is costing them money. I don't think they did anything remarkable.
1: Right. And I really. What I'm did not, they actually do? I'm not disagreeing with you, but I want. There are those that are saying, well, at least they said something. At least there was a statement. And you're right. It is about at the end of the day, it's 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 rich men fighting other rich men. It's egos fighting other egos. You don't tell me what to do. I I get it. But it, Howard. Why haven't we as journalists, and don't say emotion, why haven't we as journalists brought the conversation back to originally what the protest was about, which was police brutality, the disproportionate killing of black men and women by police officers? Are we, do we feel like we can't discuss that on ESPN?
0: Well, I, I feel like the real reason is, is, is really very simple. One, it's we're not the majority. We're the minority as black journalists. This isn't an issue that white people really care about in any large measure and it's also a, a, an issue that doesn't affect most of the people that are writing about this and it doesn't affect most of the people who uh... you know who work, who are in the business
1: it doesn 't ownership
0: or coaches so it's not it 's not their issue they don 't take this personally. I think one of the reasons why this thing keeps morphing back to the flag in respect to the flag is because I think it allows the majority it, it allows the white mainstream to have a position of ownership of the story if this story then if if the story went to its original roots and we actually talked about police brutality and we talked about what's taking place in black communities, then the white mainstream is not in a position of strength. They would actually have to listen. They would actually have to follow the statistics. They would actually have to pay attention. But if you keep it if you if you if you keep it onto the patriotism thing, if you keep, you know, this story along the lines of patriotism then you can be aggressive, then you can be forward, then you can have people who have never had any interest in this issue and have no chops, they have no knowledge of it, they still get to talk.
1: Okay, so then let's hang, let's hang on that for a moment, Howard, because the responsibility uh, is on the journalists who are familiar with it, who do understand it. There could be those that are not necessarily black that are familiar with it, but the lack of interest by mainstream media has forced this conversation to be about a song and some material. So what do we as black journalists do? What do we, what do I do when I'm in my morning meeting and I'm all like, if we have another fricking conversation about Colin Kaepernick and taking a knee, how do I move the conversation forward? And I, I mean, I have an idea. I just want to hear you say this to me. How do I move the conversation forward that I can talk about it in a context on sports?
0: Well, I think one of the ways to do it is to actually talk about St. Louis. I mean, it's actually in the news right now. And, uh, you know, I know St. Louis doesn't have a football team, but St. Louis does have a baseball team, and they do have hockey teams, and they do have, you know, they don't have a basketball team either. So obviously the two sports that contain the highest percentage of African Americans aren't really in that city anymore, whereas last year or two years ago with the Rams, you had Ferguson and you had a football team there. But I think that you have to continue to tie it to the actual issue. I think when we interview players, instead of interviewing them and talking to them about the flag, we should talk to them about the issue that they care about. If we, you know, when Next time we, you bring Michael Bennett on, ask him about St. Louis instead of asking him about the flag. I, I think we're allowing the conversation to be tilted, and then we, get com- then we complain that the conversation is tilted.
1: I think that you have an attitude problem right now.
0: What do you think? Well, that's probably true. I don't, I, don't, I don't.
1: doubt that. Have people
0: told you um, about yourself
1: before? Has anyone? Uh, what of, that? Uh, has anyone outside of your dear friend Carrie Champion told you about your attitude?
0: Oh, I've been told about it my whole life. Of course, I'm. I'm the problem. But <laughs> you know, Carrie. I mean, I think. But what, but seriously, I mean, I think that when we talk about these issues, and, and and when we start to break down what's taking place, I think the most chilling part for me over the weekend was the fact that we're bending over backwards talking about this triumphant weekend when really all we're talking about is the basic freedoms that that flag represents Man. the basic freedom that we can disagree the basic freedom that you can speak your mind and and I think that this is a really dangerous thing it's that interesting. we're having a conversation about about it being revolutionary that you're not getting fired for speaking your mind. Listen, and that it's says not, a lot about where not, we are today,
1: and it's not revolutionary. And I think that I think that we have been much like racism has been normalized in our community. We are so desensitized to what really what we are entitled to. We, well, that's as the reason why people, I'm
0: underwhelmed. That's why when you asked no, if I'm am, am no, I overwhelmed or underwhelmed, that's the reason why I'm underwhelmed. I
1: was underwhelmed, but I was in my mind there was a part of me because I'm conditioned as well. Um, a part of me being like, okay, well, all right. You want to see the highlight of something. Okay, well, that wasn't okay. I have a friend, a perfect example, militant as can be, not kidding, um, had nothing but negativity to say about the entire weekend. Underwhelmed, not worth it, didn't make sense, but diehard Dallas Cowboys fan. So when Jerry took a knee before the anthem, he was like, well, that that's the only, inter- he, only he took a knee before the an- like He saw it his way. Some of us as humans, we all have our own biases and we're all conditioned. And so unfortunately- it presents itself in different ways. And, and you're right, but we live in a world and we work at a place that sometimes you feel like you don't have the right to free speech or we've been conditioned to think that we have to be fair. Um, but we can't have a point of view and being fair is presenting the point of view that has not been presented and that's what you're talking about today. So I, I wanted you on the podcast because I feel like there is a need for the media to take a knee. Like take a knee and think up and, and think about this for a moment. You're right, let's tie this back to what Colin wanted to do. But I said this to you, and I'll say it to anybody who knows him. I'm really, really getting tired on waiting for him to say something. When does he speak out? When does when do we hear from him, Howard?
0: Maybe we don't. I mean, and I, I don't think it's necessarily appropriate for us. To expect him to speak? Why not, Howard? Um,
1: he started this blaze, well, and now it's a here's wildfire. The, well, Why not?
0: Here's, well, here's the reason. I think one, Colin has always done this for his reasons. And I, I don't think he has ever really considered himself a leader on this issue. Now, I'm, and I'm, and believe me, I'm not defending him at all because I do think that once, yeah, I think there are expectations of him now. And I think that we don't all get to control where we fit in the universe at all times. I think that people do want to hear from him, and they haven't, and I think that's been frustrating. But I also think that here's a guy who was essentially waiting for a job, and I think that strategically, and when I talked to him about this, one of the things he'd said to me was, "Well, if I don't say anything, they can't use it. You can't use anything against me." And I was saying, "Well, maybe they've already made up their minds." And so I think Colin should say something. And the reason why I think, and I've told him and I've told his camp that I think that it's better for him to speak. And the reason why I think so is because it's not like he's silent already. He hasn't spoken about football, but you'll see him tweet and you'll see him retweet, retweet and you'll hear him, you know, he'll, he'll make commentary without giving interviews. So if you can make commentary on the things that, that do interest you when you do your you know, know your rights camps and when you do those different things, then I think that it's only uh it's only wise and balanced to to, to to fight for your career. I mean, especially it's like they say in sales. You know, deal with the objection. The objection right now, whether you believe it as fair or not, is that the NFL isn't quite sure that they believe he's a motivated football player.
1: You talked about the media and and not taking the conversation the way it should be and holding us accountable. I absolutely agree with you. But I will tell you this. If we heard from Colin tomorrow and he said, listen... Stop focusing on taking a knee. I said that when I came back to the NFL, if and when I'd stand. It is about the killing of black men. It's about social injustice. If he came out and said that, we'd have to change the conversation. Not that we can't do it on our own, but that's our our jumping off point. He started this conversation. Why not help us finish it? Why not help us further it? Why not, why not allow us to help his ultimate goal?
0: Well, because I think that he probably feels like his goal is is being helped by the work that he's doing? That he's working he's working by example. I mean, I, I can't you can't make the guy speak.
1: Of course not. And, and, I'm and, asking and if, though. I know that you spoke with him. I'm not making him. I'm, I know that you've spoken with him, and I just wonder why why be so silent now.
0: Well, I think the biggest reason is that I don't, I don't think it's I don't think it's his way. I mean, everybody that I've spoken to, and when I spoke with him myself, I mean, I, he's he's not an out front guy. I mean and when you and when you think about what he did as a as a protest when he was in the league last year he didn't do it out front he was out in the background he was behind everybody so it's not as though he's gone out of his way to to do anything except what he's done by example. I don't think that's, I don't think it's a personality. I don't think it's part of his personality to actually lead in this way.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, I don't think he has a choice right now. I i, I, no, agree. I don't think he does either. And I i, think I agree sometimes... with you. I think we came to him and the story found him, but whether he wants to deal with it or not, it, it's—it it is what it is. He he will he will have to talk at one point in time. He doesn't have to talk every day. He doesn't have to talk all day. I don't know how he wants to do it. But there there is this there is this question of will he kneel or will he stand? Like there are people who legitimately want to know uh, because there were the rumors that Adam Schefter reported that he plans to stand. Well, is that true? Did you say that? Did that come from your camp? Like, there are questions that should be asked. Only reason why I say that is because you pose such a good question to us as the media, black journalists, black journalists specifically, but even white journalists. Pop talked about something so awesome the other day. And you know that to me, I thought, and I'm going to get your take on it. I thought what Pop said was profound because it came from a white man, a white man who seems to be aware of his surroundings and his privilege. Did you agree or disagree?
0: Well I did agree with that but I also agreed I also think there was something else at work there too and that was on on your show when you had Mark Spears sitting there talking and he said that he was somewhat disappointed by the lack of black voices and while he said that I thought to myself how many black coaches in the league have pop security to be able to speak so freely that's part of caps I mean that's part of uh, of pops privilege is that you know he's got what twenty straight or you know eighteen straight? But Howard,
1: we deals. need white people. were are privileged to talk. Yeah. We need Tom Brady yes, we, to kneel. I'm
0: not. I'm. I'm not saying that there's. I'm not saying that that he shouldn't be speaking. I'm saying that that I was happy that he did it because he has that position to do it, and that I was happy. It wasn't just the fact that he has the position. It's also the fact that what he had to say was excellent. And what Steve Kerr has had to say has been excellent, and what Stan Van Gundy's had to say about this has been excellent. And so I I think, I mean, I have an incredible amount of respect for Greg Popovich on this, and when you ask, if you ask me the question whether I was underwhelmed or overwhelmed about Pop, I would say I was overwhelmed, Mm -hmm. because I I thought he was fantastic, because what he's doing is he's being a citizen, and that's what we're asking. I was on the, I was with Michael Eves earlier today talking about this, and I said that, you know, for years all we've said about athletes during the Jordan-Tiger-OJ period where the athletes haven't gotten involved, we kept talking about how we don't like them hiding behind the tinted glass of, the, of their Escalades and hiding behind the gated community and, and giving us canned quotes and not saying anything. And so now that the players are talking – we have to have the stamina to listen to them. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's, I think it's great. But on the other hand, I do also recognize that there are going to be very special people in the game. LeBron James, as we saw yesterday, is one of them. Greg Popovich is another one. They have a certain level of protection that a lot of other pl- people in the game just don't have. Mm-hmm.
1: And, okay, so by the way,
0: I mean, how many black coaches do you think in the NBA right now have uh, necessarily pop stature to just go out on a limb and say the things he said? Probably Doc Rivers, right? Not maybe soul, Doc could talk.
1: Not a soul. Maybe Doc Rivers, but he stays down the middle, but not a soul. And maybe that is also goes back to our problem of why we're not hearing so many black journalists speak up the way that they should because you know what happens, right? Am I wrong? Well,
0: exactly, because everybody, I mean, how much value do you have if you, I mean, look at, no one's talking about Antonio Cromartie who took a knee and now is out of a job. I mean, we all know the consequences. We've seen what happened with jamel we've seen what happens when you think that you've got a level of security that you don't have that can all be taken away very very quickly and so you have a you have to really balance how you're going to approach these issues because the bottom line is you may be out of a job talking about this stuff when we talk about the heritage and we talk about Ali and Paul Robeson and, and they Jackie suffered. Robinson.
1: We 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 only show the they, highlights. They had some low lights. People people went through all tough times. They, they all, all suffered. They all paid the price. Okay, listen, Howard. Before I go, because you've got me thinking, and I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. No pun intended. One, I'm not doing my job. Two, I need, to, I need to steer the conversation back to what, we, what it's really about, and that is just social injustice for, for men and women that are my, minorities, that are not treated fairly by police. I need to figure out how to do that in a smart, thoughtful, delicate way, but yeah. we give, where we give our point of view because I am familiar with it. I, I can lead the conversation no matter how uncomfortable it may be, but, but at the same time, we need to enlist some help.
0: And there's also something else, Carrie, that you really shouldn't be so hard on yourself about, and that is that is that we're not working news side. If you're, Some of these issues that we're talking about don't necessarily circle back to sports or cycle back to sports. So I think some of the different ways... Some of the different ways to get at this is when you have an athlete like Colin or when you have a Michael Bennett or somebody, we give all kinds of credit to the J.J. Watts of the world for the type of philanthropy that they do. So when you have, you know, maybe we need to do more features and more profiles on some of these grassroots organizations that we've never heard of, that, that, that these pro athletes are giving money to instead of simply doing, you know, the Red Cross and the Hurricane Harvey's and all of that stuff. Let's go find some of these organizations that Colin Kaepernick gave money to. I mean, they're all pretty much black and brown organizations. They're all focusing on the grassroots with poor people. Let's focus on them and tie it back to the athletes who gave. And there is your connection.
1: Mm. Okay. I'm charged with something. You have the luxury of writing. You have many words. I have five minutes here and there. So I'm charged with something, and anybody who's listening to this in any form or fashion, that's what we're charged with. Let's let's keep the conversation on what it should be on. Don't get distracted. President Trump should be in Puerto Rico right now. Has he landed? Do no. you know? Has he made it? Stay on target. Is he, is he on target, or is he still talking about kneeling and, and bad bad ratings that he knows nothing about?
0: No. He's going to Puerto Rico next week.
1: Okay. Hi. Way to, way to be on time. Uh, How Howard about tomorrow? Bryant. <laughs> Howard Bryant, you're a genius. You're a cranky genius, but I love you. Now, uh, can you come on my show, my television show?
0: When you call, I'll be there. I've never said no to you, have I?
1: Well, I don't know. Look, Jessica is um, our new um, podcast producer, and she's listening to your attitude, and she's, she's saying, does he like you, is what she's asking me privately. And I'm like, of course he does. We're friends. Like, why would he not?
0: Why would he not? Absolutely.
1: I tried to break up with you over the weekend. You did,
0: and and very publicly, by the way. I'm like, damn. (laughs) We're together
1: forever. Don't ever say that. Uh, Howard Bryant, ESPN's senior writer for the magazine, and just someone who's really thoughtful. I appreciate your words of wisdom and your advice. Thank you for joining us on Be Honest, my friend.
0: My pleasure, Carrie. Thanks for listening to Be Honest with Carrie Champion. For more great podcasts, check out
2: ESPN.com slash podcenter.